1: 995 gold that's 833995 three, gold
2: 833995 three, g o l d More details.
1: Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast.
3: Second hour of Clay and Buck. It's going right now. Everybody, thanks for rolling with uh, with us here. I'm in solo today. Clay out. He's uh, spending some time with family. Back in tomorrow. Elon Musk fumes at San Francisco mayor after city opens investigation into Twitter headquarters. That is. The headline right now that is what i'm seeing here and i've got to tell you um it is remarkable how thuggish the democrats are willing to be nice twitter you got there elon be a shame if something happened to it the mayor of san francisco is overseeing well i should say the apparatus of san francisco is doing an investigation to look at whether the company's headquarters, Twitter's headquarters in San Francisco, has set up some beds in offices for employees. And Elon Musk has pointed out in a tweet, so city of San Francisco attacks companies providing beds for tired employees Instead of making sure kids are safe from fentanyl, where are your priorities, London Breed, he asks. But see, this this is actually what the Democrat priorities are. Cleaning up the streets, making your children safe, making you safe in San Francisco and New York and name a major city. That is a secondary priority to harassing Twitter and making sure that it does not become the haven for free speech that Elon Musk is slowly but surely turning it into that's something that as we continue to watch this play out they're just going to find more and more ways to bring about more pressure for example um they've talked about the white house has brought up that they're watching twitter closely why is the white house watching twitter in what world is the white house actually thinking that it is in its purview to do this right well in the world of the most important single thing is making sure that the left has dominance of social media platforms dominates the conversation online and can take action against anybody who stands athwart that right or who doesn't go along with that So, Elon knows they're doing an investigation. Now, California labor law, everyone understands, is you've got a bunch of communist apparatchiks making sure that it's as impossible as possible for anybody to run and operate a business in California, which is why it's hemorrhaging people and going to continue to hemorrhage people because they've taken what was a Republican stronghold, gave us Ronald Reagan, everybody, a Republican stronghold until the 90s. And and the richest and most populous U.S. state, and they're just ruining it. They're ruining the place. Elon Musk should move Twitter's headquarters ASAP from San Francisco. That much of it is clear. Okay, Elon Musk should move it, and I think, I mean, Texas, Florida, Tennessee, a bunch of states that he should consider moving the headquarters and he's already cut the staff size by 85 percent so that's certainly a move in the right direction and it still functions really well isn't that amazing 85 if you told me that you just fired 85 percent of employees of of mcdonald's for example i'd say well you're probably gonna have a lot of problems right you fire 85 percent of uh employees at disney you're gonna "Ah, that's probably not gonna work i mean you could get rid of some i'm sure but that's not that's a lot Twitter is no big deal because what it had become was effectively a place of of sinecure, a place of uh, privileged perch for elite libs to engage in woke politics and to suppress people that in any way disagreed with them and to take all the actions, which brings me to, of course, Elon Musk firing as well. A lot of Elon stuff going on. Elon Musk firing James Baker. No, not that James Baker. People have had to, you know, the other, that, that's a different James Baker. The James Baker, who was the senior counsel at the FBI and became deputy counsel of Twitter, it came out that this same individual who, while at the FBI, was overseeing aspects of the Russia collusion hoax, it was a massive hoax, it was used in the worst possible, uh, worst possible faith, worst possible violation of public trust as a weapon against the Trump administration by deep state elements, by this is all fact. People go, oh, why are you talking about the deep state? Because I know because I worked in the CIA. I know the kind of people that rise in these institutions and how they become very cozy with those in power in the political and elected branches of government or parts of government. And I understand that they view the usage of the bureaucracy as a tool of left wing dominance, as something that they absolutely should do. Absolutely. They think that they're saving the country, which which brings me to not only do you have uh, Elon Musk firing Baker now, who was looking over the Twitter files, apparently it's very strange. He, he was looking over the Twitter files before they were released last week. The story that the Democrat-aligned MSM still refuses, absolutely refuses, to spend any time on, right? But that story, as we know, is going to continue on. I believe Jack Dorsey, the former CEO of Twitter, has already said he wants Elon Musk to release all of the files, right? He wants Elon Musk to just put it all out there. And I think that that would be great. I do think that there's going to need to be at least some sifting through that occurs, right? Because heaven knows how much in the way of communications and things of that nature have been going on at at Twitter that you could see that are completely irrelevant. But he fired this guy, and he's continuing to do what he said he would do all along. Elon Musk is draining the swamp of Twitter. And it's a great thing to see. And the people that went along with The uh, Hunter Biden laptop suppression. Keep in mind, there was that, what, 51, I think is always the, I forget the number, the 51 former intelligence professionals. Now that we know, Twitter knew there was no real justification for it whatsoever. They made one up. Twitter had been told by the FBI in advance that there was some kind of Russian disinformation coming. The FBI, after involving itself so egregiously in the 2016 election, took the lesson that they need to involve themselves again in 2020. They just need to make sure there's a different outcome. That is what happened. Right. 2016, they got in there. James Comey. Oh, nobody would bring charges against Hillary. You're not the you're not the attorney general. What's the FBI director doing giving that speech? No, no person can justify that. No rationalization for that whatsoever could you have other than a partisan one. But after the total debacle of 2016, the FBI, the FISA warrants against Carter Page and the spying on Papadopoulos and all this craziness, the fabrication of evidence used in one of those FISA warrants, all the things that were done in that get Trump operation of Russia collusion, the FBI comes along in 2020. And what do they do? Try to find a way to get even more involved and this time make sure that they're actually going to have a democrat as president i don't know how else you can think the the hunter biden laptop suppression story plays and there are people for whom remember there, there's a lot going on here with the ways that this benefits individuals who engage in these uh, in these soft coups if you will notice that this guy baker goes from being at the fbi as a senior lawyer there to going to twitter Uh, Vijaya Gotti, uh, was making about $10 million a year as a senior lawyer at Twitter. So trust me, this guy Baker was making a whole heck of a lot of money. And it's really just all the giant self licking ice cream cone of the apparatus. That's what you see. You do what you can inside of government to make sure that your side team Democrat wins even to the point where people know about what you do know that you had your hand on the scale for one side or the other. Then you come out and you get a great, a great job in the private sector making millions of dollars, you know, maybe a book deal. Look at all the people. I remember when I was in the CIA, I remember as soon as as soon as I left, people were telling me, oh, you know, we we don't we don't talk about anything that we did in the agency. And, you know, people don't really go on TV. And I was going on TV to talk about what was in the news. I wasn't saying, oh, well, this is what I did in the CIA. I was an analyst. I was writing memos mostly. But uh, you see the CIA directors. I think there were five of them, former directors, including acting directors, who signed their names to that Hunter Biden laptop Russian disinformation lie. None of them are embarrassed. None of them have faced any adverse professional consequences as a result of it because they serve their purpose that was their mission the mission was to lie to as many people as possible right before an election to make sure that joe biden would win that election that was it so it's not people would say to me oh they must be so embarrassed they must hang their heads in shame no they're they're picking out yachts my friends they don't care Because their job wasn't to tell you the truth. The job was to leverage their former roles in the government and to burn whatever credibility, whatever gravitas they have in service of the Democrat Party. And some of the people who did that have gone on to get even bigger, better jobs in the media, more influential, certainly a whole heck of a lot more money than they made in the government. And the elimination now of, uh, of this guy James Baker from Twitter is indicative of there's going to have to be a whole lot more cleanup that, that occurs. This is only at one of these social media platforms. Imagine if we got unfettered access to the internal communications at Facebook, at Google, before an election. You would see things that would just make you realize we're operating in a world of funhouse mirrors. It's not funny. We're operating in a world where propaganda has become 24-7, constantly accessible, much more advanced than anything, anything that could have even been considered before in the, uh, let's say, in the Soviet era. You see what goes on with Twitter and, and the way they set up, for example, the Trust and Safety Commission. You say it's as though they read 1984 and they didn't see Orwell's 1984 as a warning. It was a how-to guide, a lesson. Oh, let's call it the Trust and Safety Committee. And then let's have it put its thumb down on the scale for one side over the other. Let's help the Democrat left, which, as we know from COVID, without question, is the authoritarian ideology in America today. And let's, let's do what we can to help them by lying to people about as much as we possibly can. Uh, and that's true on COVID. That's true on a range of issues, certainly true on the Hunter Biden Laptop. Think about this. We're still here and people are trying to tell you that it's not a big deal. Oh, okay. let's just take a step back. Same media apparatus that thought unveiling the Billy Bush Trump tape about, you know, grabbing the ladies. That was going to cost Trump the presidency. That was a a, the most classic October surprise possible that went all the way deep into the archives of NBC. They were holding it. It was held for maximum impact. Of course, we know it didn't do anything. Trump ended up winning. They thought, though, that that would cost Trump the presidency and actually should have forced him to. Some were saying he should have dropped out, right? Oh, he should drop out. Maybe Michael Avenatti can be president. Not from his prison cell. Uh, They thought that would happen. A laptop that shows that Hunter Biden is selling access to Joe Biden In a corrupt influence peddling scheme, not he he wasn't selling access to Finland, folks. I think this is important, too. He he wasn't selling uh, access or at least the perception of access to Joe Biden to Portugal. He was selling it to China and to oligarchs in Ukraine. That's where the money was coming from. And that's what they didn't want people to think about and to figure out right before the election. Because, as we know, you don't have to change a lot of minds. You only have to, you know, you swing 100,000 people on one of these stories and you swing the election. And Elon knows that, which is why he is finally getting us to a place of some transparency, some truth in all of this. You can imagine the Christmas morning scene, kids bounding down the stairs to see if Santa Claus has visited, full of excitement. There's Dad recording it all with a camcorder, capturing every moment. It's just one of a hundred special moments recorded with that video cam. All of those memories are still on videotapes, but there's no longer a VCR player to relive them. That's where Legacy Box helps. This Tennessee-based company digitally transfers everything into a format you can easily access and watch again over and over. They do it by hand so that the old videotapes, Super 8 films, and whatever you send to Legacy Box are carefully handled and they've done this for more than a million families already. Their service also makes a great Christmas gift. It's not just a box under the tree, it's a legacy box. Once you fill it full of old media, it takes all of 3 weeks to get it back along with the digital files and the results are priceless. Visit legacybox.com/buck to take advantage of a great discount. Again, that's legacybox.com/buck. For this sizable discount over the regular prices, LegacyBox.com slash B-U-C-K.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Archaea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
3: Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand.
1: Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts?
3: You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan. Two, Born from the tragedy of 9 11, the Tonta Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, Tonta Towers has been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He enlisted in the military after graduating high school and left behind a pregnant fiance who gave birth to a son that he would never meet. But thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tonta Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home relieving a financial burden, and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and fallen first responder families, as well as our nation's most severely injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. America's heroes are counting on you. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month at Tunnel to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T, dot org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us. I want to remind everybody that it's a great time of year to get yourself a Clay and Buck VIP subscription. Please go to com. Sign up there. We do a video of the show every day and have kinds of fun extras going on there. So give someone the gift of a Clay and Buck VIP. Give yourself the gift of a Clay and Buck VIP this holiday season. You know, I got to tell you, I actually convinced my family... I think it's fair to say I led the charge on this because we were all now I have a little nephew and there's children entering the fold and hopefully I'll be having children soon. And and for kids, obviously, I'm not I'm not bah humbug over here. I believe in in Christmas presents for those who are uh, who celebrate Christmas. But for adults, I gotta say after a while, when my siblings and I and my parents were all, you know, deep into our our and adult years here, 20s, 30s and now into our 40s. I just said, look, do we all need to keep giving each other sweaters, belts, and wallets every year? Can we just maybe put a pause on this? I I got an idea. In an era where people can just click anything they want on their phones, um, you know, buying things, you really, a thoughtful gift of some kind, so uh, something that has some meaning to you, I think that's where it's got to go. Just the, I I don't know. I I thought that it was a lot of... um, there was a, a sense that you had to just, you know, spend whatever it was you wanted to spend on somebody and get them a thing, whether they liked it or not. It felt like there was pressure. So I give people, I give people books for Christmas. I'm just telling you, I've given books out to family members, um, and uh, I try to take some of the some of the pressure off. So again, I think a Clay and Buck VIP subscription that that shows a lot of thought. Absolutely worth it. I'm trying to think of other Christmas uh, traditions that we have. Um, but a lot of people do get socks too. Oh, we have a book recommendations page on clanbuck.com if you want to go check out what books we recommend as possible gifts. Uh, so there's that. But yes, no socks, belts, sweaters. I got plenty of socks, belts, and sweaters. So I just say it. I think we got to all, you know, a, a nice card, a nice handwritten card is a good gift for family members. Uh, it sounds like Ebenezer Scrooge stuff, doesn't it? my pillow is excited to announce their original my slippers i love these things they're back in stock last christmas you made them the number one selling my pillow product that's saying something given all the great products they make you want a pair of these slippers now i'm telling you you're gonna love them i was just saying you got to get a gift that you know someone actually is going to use actually is going to care about the my slippers i've got them i've got them for my family members they're wearing them all the time because if you don't have them you need them you can wear them indoors and outdoors they're that comfortable and since they're back in stock now they're available in every possible size and color. Mypillow.com is the website you'll find them at. When you use our promo code clay and buck you will save $90 per pair. My slippers have an exclusive four-layer design you won't find in any other slipper. That makes these slippers ultra comfortable and durable. Go to mypillow.com, use the promo code clay and buck or call 800-792-3269. That's mypillow.com, promo code Clay and Buck. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. The reality in so many cities across the country, as we talk to you about frequently, is that no matter how much suffering and decay exists, how many people are assaulted, uh, are harassed, or threatened, day in and day out there are beliefs of the lib intelligentsia there are virtue signals from the democrat apparatus that will not shift that will not change they simply don't care it doesn't matter right it doesn't matter enough to them to adjust what they've been doing it doesn't matter enough for them to change their approach Because ultimately, the suffering of other people, the suffering of other people is a price that the Democrat elites are willing to pay in order to, one, feel good about themselves. Oh, we're the good people. And two, to stay in power because they continue to pretend that the issue is not criminals, but law enforcement. This is one of the root fallacies of this whole thing. And I bring you uh, the uh, late the Safe Tea Act by Illinois Governor J. B. Pritzker, who is a, an odious fellow. Who I am sure, while he was signing this, after watching how many, how many times on the nightly news in Chicago about one gang member of another or another uh, committing a A homicide on the streets of what is Chicago is a great city, but a place that is in decline and that is unsafe and that is run by, honestly, people who are reckless. And the governor of Illinois, where Chicago is, you would think that he would see these things and want to take action at the state level. That would help make Chicago a better, safer place, but instead... I think he wants to get a pat on the back from the Democrat apparatus and shout at his personal chef to bring him more meatloaf. I think he just does not care what this is going to do. What we have seen is in the last two years, the places that have adopted across America, New York, Portland, Austin, Minneapolis, pick a place that have adopted these uh, soft on crime policies that have effectively made it. Harder for police to do their jobs and easier for criminals to do their jobs, things have gotten worse. This should be really straightforward. This shouldn't be complicated. And yet Pritzker just signed a criminal justice reform package. Man, that word reform. It is among the most abused words in the English language these days, isn't it? Reform package. And this is for the whole state of Illinois. We have a lot of listeners right now in Illinois. So what does it do? What does it do? Well, there are a few things that you'd say, okay, well, there's going to be, uh, oh, they're eliminating cash bail. Eliminating cash bail on January 1st. Um, You might say to yourself, well, isn't this something that they tried in New York? Well, yes. And everybody who pays attention to what has happened in New York as a result of this says, Albany, the state legislature, needs to change this. Because what ends up happening, you eliminate cash bail. People come in, they come out. There's just there's no penalty for that initial interaction with the system. It doesn't feel real. There isn't that initial consequence. Got to put up money to get out to get before a judge. People are out on the streets right away. They're not held. They don't pay for bail. And uh, th- you're just going to have criminals. You know this and I know this. There'll be people that do... Awful things, and there will be victims of those crimes for people that were arrested three hours before and nothing happened. Nothing happened. They talk about all these things. I'm, I'm looking at this now. Police certification. They're changing pol- Oh, because that's really going to help. It, it's just that police lack, uh, lack the training necessary to do their jobs. Is that what we're being told in Illinois? You know that's ridiculous. But it is always... Always easier for Democrat politicians to find some way to blame the police for the problems of just rampant, out of control crime. Uh, the one of the one of these, though, that I think it's funny because I, I was on this. Uh, I was looking at the breakdown of this on some, you know, left wing website, and they have police certification, deaths in custody, uh, pretrial fairness. That's how they're describing all this. You know, what's at the very bottom? In like a, in, in small writing, the very bottom of this article from a left-wing criminal justice reform activist website, mandatory minimums can be bypassed for offenses including drugs, theft, driving on a revoked license, etc., etc., etc. They just added this whole list. Anything involving drugs, uh, you could you could be serving no time whatsoever. So you have judges who are given that you have left wing judges to begin with because you have a left wing government in charge in Illinois. And what do they think the answer to all this is put people in prison less for the crimes they commit? You know, it's amazing. I remember people would talk about even California's uh, three strike law. And and so this this to me is the encapsulation when people talk about criminal justice reform. The way to encapsulate it is to think about the, think about it this way. We were led to believe that in California there were people who were serving life sentences for stealing a pair of socks. And I think there was even a story about that that I can recall from a, a while ago where some guy it was his third offense. And maybe it wasn't life, but he was getting 10 years or something. It was his third offense. And they were relatively minor offenses. You say, oh, OK, so let's just get rid of that. Let's get rid of mandatory third strike sentences. Let's get, get rid of mandatory minimums altogether. And then you have what you have in, say, New York, where you have people who are arrested and it's their hundredth arrest. That's what actually and the people who are committing crimes keep doing them over and over again. Every time there's a heinous crime in New York now, what do I end up saying? I say it on this show. Guarantee that person's been arrested 10, 15, 20 times. Usually I'm underestimating. But we're led to believe people are all people are spending decades in prison for getting caught with, uh, you know, a marijuana cigarette or something. It's not happening. It's just not true. And anybody that you can speak to who's honest, who works in the criminal justice, uh, criminal justice realm in in a major city in particular, will tell you this. No, they've just done everything possible to make it as easy to get away with crime as they can to do the bare minimum they can of punishing those who commit the crimes. And the Democrats are ideologically devoted to this. They believe it is a function of social justice. They think the criminal justice system is just absolutely rooted in and soaked in racism. They think the criminal justice system as it exists right now. Um, you know, I, I, I point this out and I, I know Clay a- agrees with this analogy. Uh, the laws that we have against homicide are incredibly, if you take disparate impact, which is the theory that just if things affect different groups differently, there's something wrong with the, the law or wrong with the policy. Homicide affects men far more than it does women as a, as a law and the prosecutions therein. Men commit 90% of the murders. So is the problem that we shouldn't have a statute against murder? No, of course not. But we just recognize that men commit the murders and that you hold people responsible for murder because it's, a, it's, a ser- it's the most serious crime. So what do we have in society right now? We have people that think that they're social engineers of sorts who say, well, in this area, we think the carceral population doesn't reflect the general population closely enough. This is, by the way, how they explain it. This is how criminal justice advocates will speak about this if you talk to them. So we just need to have fewer people in prison. Fewer people overall This is what they did in Philadelphia. Let out the uh, prison population. 30% 30% in a few years. Just up, no more people serving time, 30% down. And we have what you see going on in cities right now. You have I just mentioned Philadelphia. We talked about it yesterday. There's now a gas station owner who's getting a lot of attention because he hired a guy who's armed security because he knows the cops won't do anything, and he's sick of getting robbed. And Democrats, I'm telling you, they just don't care because the suffering of people, and if we're talking about Uh, disproportionate issues, the disproportionate suffering of minorities in cities in high crime communities is irrelevant to Democrats like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and go down the list when they have higher goals to achieve. And people in the media, too. I mean, how how many of the people that you think you see at CNN or NBC News or any of these places live in a neighborhood where there's where it's, it's dangerous at all? Relatively speaking, none of them, none of them. And if things get a little too, you know, in New York, if things get a little too spicy for them on the streets, they'll just go out to the Hamptons you know, let's do what they did during the pandemic. Oh, I'll just go to my place at the beach. But for people that actually are stuck in neighborhoods with high crime, with failing schools, with streets that are covered in filth, because there's not enough sanitation pickup, all of this, that's the price we pay the price we pay so that elitist liberals can feel good about themselves is everybody suffers except those liberals. That's the way it's supposed to go. And what better example can you have than uh, the governor of Illinois, Pritzker? I mean, the guy's an absolute disgrace, but I can't even begin to explain why anybody in Illinois votes for this guy. But that's what we're up against. I'm looking forward to time on the shooting range later this week with some friends of mine. Now you can show up for your next shooting uh, expedition with your skills in order thanks to Mantis X. This is a product made for gun owners who like to practice their shot and can do so in a dry fire practice way. This is a no ammo, all electronic way to improve your shooting accuracy. That's what Mantis X is, a firearms training system that is a simple way to improve your shooting accuracy. This cool device just attaches to your firearm like a weapon light. You can use it at home or at the range for training instead of using expensive ammo. Plus, you know, ammo, you gotta be at a range, it's loud, you gotta be Obviously, doing all the safety precautions. The Mantis X gives you data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique and guides you through drills and courses. 94% of shooters improve in their shot in less than half an hour using the Mantis X system. It's now used by U.S. military, including special forces. Military-grade technology at an affordable price. The Mantis X is a must-have for every gun owner. If you believe in your Second Amendment rights, you must also act on your Second Amendment responsibility to be competent when you're out there shooting. Improve your accuracy, your skills today. Get yours at mantisx.com. That's M A N T I S X.com.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
3: Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we
1: already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts?
3: You can look to precious metals for various reasons, The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America with over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Not to mention there are dozens of golf outings and barbecues. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute educates kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T, dot org. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. So that was FDR as today is Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. 81 years ago, the attack on Pearl Harbor um, happened, uh, was conducted against this nation and brought about an an unprecedented scale of military mobilization here at home. Uh, My own grandfather on my maternal side served on the USS Bataan. And he, which was an aircraft carrier in the early days of aircraft carriers. And he didn't talk about life in the Pacific theater very often at all. Occasionally he would relay stories. He went on, he was involved in construction and real estate later on in life. And actually did a lot of charity work. Um, There's a foundation named for him, the Lawrence F. Hickey Foundation. That helps uh, underprivileged children. And, and he so he did a lot of that. He didn't speak very often about his time in the Pacific theater. But toward the very end, and I remember I, I came back from Afghanistan um, in my capacity as a as a CIA forward deployed CIA analyst. And I had gotten a, well, There are a lot of things you'd bring back carpets. Um, that was very obviously very common. I brought back some other souvenirs, uh, you know, these curved. Tribal knives, things like that. But I brought him a blanket, so I just remember sitting and and listening to him. And his, this was his last uh, his last years before he passed. And he would have this blanket a- across his knees, which I had gotten for him in in Afghanistan. And occasionally, out of nowhere, he would just start to say, "You know the um, the kamikazes just kept coming," and I didn't sleep for a week. And I, I think he was at. I think his uh, aircraft carrier—I have to go back and check—was at Leyte Gulf. Uh, I think it was at uh, Battle of. Uh, I think I, I have—I can't remember off the top of my head—but he was in some. There were some major engagements that carrier was involved in, and his carrier was, I know, hit by kamikazes a few times, uh, a couple of times, I think, at least. And and he would talk about it. It's just, it's something where today you think about how would we react as a country to something like that uh, if that were to occur right now, I mean, you could say, well, 9-11, that's the closest thing we've had to it. Uh, but 9-11 was, I mean, 9-11, we had a lot of people that joined up to serve after that. We had our volunteer military in place when 9-11 happened. We didn't have a draft, right? We had a volunteer military, the finest fighting force in the history of the world that uh, was called to arms after 9-11, And I do wonder today if you did have a situation where there was a general call up, how would that how would that go? What would that look like? We know that the uh, the media, for example, spends a lot of time comparing the riot on January 6th where there were people taking selfies and some of them being escorted Uh, in cordial and polite fashion by members of Capitol Hill police, some of them, some of them obviously were breaking things and being violent, but others were just almost uh, doing a self-guided tour of the Capitol, trespassing, yes, Uh, but they compare that to Pearl Harbor in the media. They'll say it was like, and actually they'll say it's worse than Pearl Harbor. Uh, There is really a, a psychosis and a disconnect from reality that um, comes up now from the left, from the Democrats in this country. And I I just don't think they're ready. I I don't think that they can psychologically handle if we were ever to get into a big fight again. Uh, I think the blame America first chorus would be very loud from the left. I think we would run into a whole lot of problems. And I'll leave you with this. Uh, This is from Donald Stratton's book, All the Gallant Men. He wrote, uh, which is about his service in, in World War II, We were ordinary men. What was extraordinary was the country we loved. We loved who she was, what she stood for. We loved her for what she meant to us and for what she had given to us, even in those meager times. He served on the USS Arizona. So, my friends, it's a time of of actual remembrance today, and it's worth taking the moment to reflect on it. Uh, When we come back, as you may have heard, Donald Trump still getting another legal fusillade from the lunatic left. They're coming at him on this uh, Trump organization thing, found him, found the organization guilty. We'll make sense of this. And we'll also look back at the election results from last night in Georgia with Herschel Walker. And uh, Dr. Marty McCary will be with us for this new study on masks. Do they work? No, they do not but we will discuss the details of it all coming up in the third hour. Stick around.
2: Hey there. It's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store shop for all your favorite personal care essentials and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, old spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26th. Restrictions apply.
3: Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, Tunnel Towers has been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He enlisted in the military after graduating high school and left behind a pregnant fiancé, who gave birth to a son that he would never meet. But thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tunnel to Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home, relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and fallen first responder families, as well as our nation's most severely injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. America's heroes are counting on you. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us.
0: Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health.